Hi, Jeremiah. It's Daddy. Today is March 7th, 2022. And for our ninth episode, I want to talk about something terrible happening. Russia's full-scale invasion in Ukraine. On February 24th, 2022, Russia amassed 200,000 soldiers to take over Ukraine across multiple fronts. Thousands of people have died already, Ukrainians and Russians, and there is no indication that this conflict will end anytime soon. The blame for this crisis is difficult to pinpoint, and what I'm about to share is going to be controversial. I have no doubt people will disagree with me. First, we all can view Putin as the villain in all this, and he may very well be. But with my limited research the past several days, I firmly believe that Putin is not the only person to blame. Sadly, and with great disappointment, I blame the Western superpowers. That includes our country's presidents, both Democrats and Republicans, spanning over the past few decades. I also strongly blame NATO and their leaders. Ultimately, I believe this crisis in Ukraine could have been averted had the US and NATO did not aggressively expand their powers and influence into Ukraine. I will do my best to explain at a high level, and none of these ideas are my own. What I'm sharing is really a summarized version of two insightful videos I found on YouTube. The first is a lecture at the University of Chicago from Professor Mearsheimer. His last name is spelled M-E-A-R-S-H-E-I-M-E-R. That's Mearsheimer. His recorded lecture has over 17 million views today and is called, Why is Ukraine the West's Fault? West is with the apostrophe S, West's Fault. Featuring John Mearsheimer. And Professor Mearsheimer explains that the deep cause for the crisis in Ukraine is that the aim of the US and its European allies is to peel Ukraine away from Russia and economically and ideologically incorporate the country into the West. By integrating Ukraine into the EU and promoting democracy, Russia's core interests in Ukraine are at stake. And perhaps even more critical, if Ukraine is an official NATO ally, that means Ukraine's huge real estate can become a Western bulwark, aka a massive defensive wall on Russia's borders. If you look at the map of Ukraine, that poses a serious military vulnerability for Russia. So Russia will do everything they can not to make this happen. That's the essence of Professor Mearsheimer's lecture, and he explains it very clearly with great examples and insights to how Russia and China react to US and NATO aggression, especially when it comes to promoting democracy, which is a significant threat to those in authoritarian power. What makes this video remarkable is that this lecture was uploaded to YouTube in September of 2015. That's almost seven years ago. It's very sad that Professor Mearsheimer's predictions and analysis of what Russia may do because of NATO's aggression, they all came true and that our leaders did not listen and continued a very risky foreign policy. The second video I recommend is called why Russia is Invading Ukraine by Real Life Lore. That was, that's three words all combined into one word. Real Life Lore. This video already has over 13 million views 
and was uploaded two weeks ago on February 26. Much of this video talks about the history leading up to Russia's invasion, as well as more insights on the strategic economic importance of Ukraine, particularly to Russia, and why the superpower would never let Ukraine be integrated into NATO or the EU. The narratives from both videos are fascinating, chilling, and downright scary as our world leaders, not just Putin, are making decisions that have already changed the lives of millions. And even if the US and NATO's aim for integrating Ukraine into the West is successful, do we really think that's a good thing for the world overall? Sure, we're promoting democracy, which is a huge principle that we Americans especially believe in. But when we promote democracy into regions that are controlled by authoritarian governments, like Hong Kong, like the Middle East, and now Eastern Europe, China and Russia see that as a major threat to their existence. And if Ukraine is integrated into the EU and becomes a Western defensive wall to Russia, Russia will be more weakened and desperate than ever. And it makes me think that if Putin feels cornered and has nothing else to lose, what prevents him from releasing his nuclear weapons? That's what scares me if the West succeeds in Ukraine. But in the meantime, no matter the outcome, in the short run, in light of this aggression on both sides, we are witnessing massive suffering. Every day, there seems to be horrific coverage of Ukrainian civilians, men, women, children, elders, and their pets, fleeing from their homes, carrying very few possessions in plastic bags, while explosions and chaos is happening around them. And it's not just those in Ukraine who are being harmed. Due to NATO's economic sanctions and intense pressure from world leaders, Russia's economy is crippled. We see many protests on the news in Russia pleading for Putin to stop the invasion because his own people are struggling. Their currency and their stock market have crashed, and such desperation will lead to even more chaos. And then there are the Russian Americans. Here in the United States, which was brought to my attention by a friend of mine who is a fourth grade teacher. He talked about Russia and Ukraine in class with his students. Afterwards, one of his students came up to him and she said, remember when there were all those people attacking Chinese people because they thought they started the whole COVID thing? Two boys in one of the other fourth grade classes, I think, are Russian. I'm scared someone might try to hurt them or their family because they're Russian and people think all Russians are bad. I don't want that to happen. Why can't people just be nice and solve their problems without starting wars? No one ever wins because so many people get hurt. So it just shows that a very thoughtful fourth grader has this kind of wisdom. If only those in power did too. So Jeremiah, that's what's top of mind lately. My heart goes out to those families who are desperate to see another day. To those who lost their homes and loved ones and to those who are suffering and living in fear as they are being targeted by one of the largest militaries in the world. And through moments like this crisis, it may seem pretty hopeless to see how any of us can help, especially while we Americans are thousands of miles away from this conflict. But there are a few things that I know can make a difference, and it gives me hope that light can shine in this darkness. First, I am a firm believer in the power of prayer, and I think we need to pray more than ever. 
for the safety of the people of Ukraine and their ability to take care of their families and themselves, and for our world leaders to prevent a world war. John F. Kennedy once said, Man must put an end to war, or war will put an end to man. Let's pray our world leaders make the right decisions soon and that they listen to wisdom. I pray for a de-escalation of violence and a more neutral buffer state for Ukraine where NATO and Russia are no longer causing aggression for either side. I pray for healing and reconciliation. Second, we have an opportunity to be the light at work and in our schools. Already, my Ukrainian and Russian co-workers are taking the necessary time off to focus on their loved ones impacted by this crisis. And teammates are stepping up to support them during their absence, to show that they can focus on their loved ones and not worry about work. I hear that they have families in these Eastern European countries who are also offering to open their homes for refugees. So whether abroad or local, when we do engage with the people directly impacted by this crisis, I pray we can lift them up and show them all the love we can. Third, there are many wonderful nonprofit organizations dedicated to helping refugees. My personal donations went to the United Help for Ukraine, a nonprofit who is directly supporting Ukraine's medical and humanitarian relief on the front lines. I also donated to the PETA Global Compassion Fund to support the cats, dogs, pets, and pet owners in Ukraine to reach safety. So many animals have been displaced or abandoned, and when I think about our family cat Momo, it breaks my heart that many folks have to make difficult decisions with limited resources to provide safety, food, and a good environment for their pets to survive. I can only imagine most people who care for their family pets will not willingly leave them to fend for themselves. So those are the causes that I'm donating to now. But each day I'm learning of new nonprofits and it warms my heart to see my peers sharing their time, resources, and energy to help. It's how we give to the world that reinforces my faith in humanity and gives me hope that brighter days are ahead. That's all for now, Jeremy Amaya. Moments like these are strong reminders for me to cherish our moments together and invest in the things that matter. Love you.